On today's Locked on Jayhawks, we are going to take a look at the KU big man position on the basketball court. We did our guards and wings preview earlier. Let's look at some of the centers for KU basketball headed into this 2022-23 season. You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Derek Johnson. You can hear me as well on Rock Chalk Sports Talk, which is on KLWN in Lawrence, Monday through Friday from 3 to 6. Thanks for making Locked on Jayhawks your first listen every day, or if you're watching on YouTube, your first watch every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And on today's edition of Locked on Jayhawks, we're going to go over the big man position for KU. So centers, basically, is what I'm alluding to there for the KU men's basketball team and further previewing the season with things starting up on uh, Thursday night. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. KU starts up the season. We did our guards and wings preview earlier this week. If you missed that, check it out on either a podcast or, or YouTube form here. And now we look at kind of the big man position, the, the center position. In years past, you know, Bill Self would play two bigs next to each other. That no longer the case with the way that college basketball has gone with the, the pace and space game and with what Bill Self wants to do. But he still wants to utilize the big man in a lot of different ways. We saw last year David McCormick hitting the biggest shots of the season for Kansas down the stretch, and at the end of the day, Bill Self is still going to want to throw the ball inside, even if there's just one center. And we saw, you know, like when Yudoka Azubuki is surrounded by four shooters, like it can make a really, really efficient offense, and it just gives you another option if you get stuck in the half court and you don't have uh, maybe that transition opportunity that you might want to get when you have a team loaded with wings like this team does. But it sounds like so far, you know, we heard the Bill Self comment from KU Media Day that they have a 1A, a 1B, a 1C, and a 1D at center. So nobody is emerging. Nobody has taken that step above the other guys. And it doesn't sound like there's a lot of confidence there in terms of being able to throw a big man the ball in the post, let him go to work, hit a hook shot or spin or, or drop step, a guy, whatever it is, there's not the confidence there right now that that's going to be the case for some of these bigs. You look at Ernest Duday and Zuby Edgefer. They're young freshmen. They're still getting custom with, you know, finding the right angle and pinning your guy deep and making those shots inside. Neither one of those guys, as part of their scouting report, it, it was really talked about that, you know, like that's the biggest strength of their game. They're the back to the basket work. No, it was more about, yeah, they're good shot blockers and rebounders and they're going to run the floor well. And, you know, they've got really good wingspans, and they do a lot of things well, but that was not necessarily something that you thought right off the bat they were going to excel at for this team. And then you look at Zach Clements and Cam Martin, and they're both guys who are more of stretch fives. And, you know, it's just kind of a different offense with the pick and pop and whatnot. So uh, even if you're playing small with K.J. Adams or Jalen Wilson, like Jalen's a guy you'll give the ball as the five, but you're not giving Jalen the ball if he's in as a small ball five in terms of, hey, go post up on the low block and I'm going to pass you the ball and let's see what you can do in the post. I mean, maybe if he's being guarded by like a 6'5 wing, but if he's in at the five, you're going to give him the ball in the perimeter and say, hi, uh, either drive past the center or pull the center out that opens up a driving lane for somebody else or shoot a three. With K.J. Adams, 
he's this kind of three, four, five hybrid that is really switchable, really versatile, does a lot of things to help you win, but he's not also someone that you throw the ball to down low and let him kind of go to work in there. So there's a possible deficiency KU has there, or it could just be something that they haven't figured out yet. It could be something that once we get to January or February or maybe even March that they're able to kind of, you know, get everything rolling on the offensive side of the ball as far as the center position goes. And we know that Bill Self wants to have, uh, you know, a good amount of the offense kind of run through that and and the importance of that position. But there isn't that obvious answer of who the guy is going to be. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, you have some really good guards on the outside. And, you know, Kevin McCuller, elite defender. Dewan Harris, really good perimeter defender. Uh, you've seen flashes with Jalen Wilson where maybe it hasn't been great defensively. You've seen flashes where he's been really good defensively when other teams are targeting him, especially late last season. And with Grady Dick and MJ Rice, you never know. A lot of times with freshmen, it takes some time to figure out the defensive side of the ball, but they both have the length or athleticism to be good defenders on that end. Joe Yesfu, we know, can pressure the ball really well. Like, there's a lot of perimeter defensive pieces that KU has. If KJ Adams is in at the wing, he can be an elite defender that's very switchable. So you know you have that on the outside, but it's funny because a lot of times if you have a good interior defender, if you have a good center that gets a lot of blocked shots, we always talk about, well, that just opens things up for the rest of the team. They can maybe play a little bit more aggressively. They can maybe go for some steals that they wouldn't originally because if you do get by them, you have that guy to kind of erase things at the front of the rim. And it just it prevents teams from maybe wanting to go inside, and it, it just completely changes up the way that opposing offenses might have to play against you. It, it's kind of rare that we do the opposite of that, where it's like, hey, they're just so good on the perimeter that it doesn't matter who is in at the center. because that interior defense is the most important. So it will help that KU has all of those good perimeter defenders, but they have to still at least get proficient enough defense. It doesn't have to be Jeff Withy back there or Joel Embiid, especially because of you having those good perimeter defenders. But if you can even be a proficient there, and if you do end up having like a really good shot blocking rim protector or a really good defensive center, then this could legitimately be one of the or the best defensive teams in the country. That's what we're talking about there if the centers can be that good on that end of the floor. But if they are average, if they are struggling in certain regards, then all of a sudden, you know, this will still be a good defensive team. Bill Self usually has good defensive teams, and they figure it out as the season goes on. And because of some of those pillars they have at the guard positions, it'll still probably be a you know top 20 defensive team in the country and one of the top uh, three or four defensive teams in the Big 12, maybe more middle of the pack if it's top 20 because there's so many good defensive teams. Uh, the point standing, there is a lot riding on on the center position with the importance you put on them on offense, with just the importance inherently they have on the defensive side of the floor. And the fact that we don't really have any idea who the starter is going to be. We have no idea who the guy off the bench would be. Bill Self said, ideally, you're playing one guy 25 minutes, another guy 15. Right now, they might have to play four guys 10 minutes. Who knows? Maybe it'd be even less than that if you're playing small ball five. Nobody emerging past the others. This is going to be something that's going to carry into the first game of the season, whether it's the exhibition, whether it's the opener, whether it's the third game of the season against Duke, and on and on and on. I wouldn't imagine we have this thing settled until conference play. And even then, like it might not be fully settled. I mean, last year we had Mitch Lightfoot starting games early in the conference season for David McCormick. So uh, maybe this is something where KU doesn't find their true rhythm of who the best center is for this team and who is figuring everything out the quickest until you know maybe march or, or maybe the end of february and and that could seriously deter 
the amount of KU's success. But if they figure out this position, because there is talent there, like all those guys, you're talking about Cam Martin, like a D2 All-American, Zach Clements, high four-star recruit, Ernest Uday, Zuby Edgefer, like high four-star recruits. These guys are all very, very talented. So if they do figure it out and they can click, then you could have a ultra-talented team. And like I said, have one of the best defenses in the country. And then you could have a uh, just having an extra offensive threat out there and having different ways that you can play with a pick-and-pop guy or someone down low. They can be really threatening overall if they can figure out the center position, but it's certainly the biggest question heading into the year for KU basketball. We're going to get to some superlatives for the center position. You know, who's the best, most valuable things that we asked about the guards and the wings in just a second here. But first, this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And it's super easy to scroll by. I mean, I have LinkedIn and the app on my phone and, you know, I'm checking out every so often, like what's going on on there. And it's nice because if you're scrolling through or seeing what else is going on, you can see what jobs are available. And I'm not currently looking for jobs, but I see them, which means people who are looking for jobs are going further out of their way to go through that and see what they are. And it's super easy to go through because then you just have a couple clicks on the app, you type in some stuff and boom, you're good to go. So just add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. You want to finish the year strong, whether that's something that'll carry over to 2023. Maybe you have big sales upcoming for Thanksgiving or for the Christmas time of the year that you're going to be selling a lot of stuff and you need some extra people to help you stock the shelves or to work the front counter or whatever it is. You want to finish the year strong just like Kansas is looking to get that one extra win and finish the year strong and go bowling. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The KU center position as it, looks right now kind of up in the air with who the guys are going to be so these questions are going to be a lot more difficult than when we asked for the garden wing position we said who's the best okay Jalen Wilson who's the most valuable Dewan here like these were a lot easier answers for the center position who is the best the real answer is I don't know I don't know I I don't think a lot of people I don't even know if Bill Self knows at this point in time to be honest like I mean the, the exact quote he gave us the 1a the 1b the 1c 1d there is not a best right now so I know this is a bit of a cop-out, but the real answer is I don't know. Now, if we're going to play the prediction game just to be fun with it and just for me to you know, have another situation where I'm wrong because predictions are hard, humans are bad at them, and I'm bad at them as well, I'll just make a prediction that'll end up being wrong. I'll say the best right off the bat. I, I think I made the prediction KJ Adams maybe starts at the five because maybe he would have the most tress, trust for Bill Self to start the season. So maybe he would be the guy that you – have at the beginning and then maybe by the end the guy with the higher potential figures out some of the other stuff the the scheme and the system and whatnot and maybe that would be Ernest Uday so I guess I would go with one of those two answers but it still wouldn't surprise me if it was Zach Clements just because you have the ability to shoot the three ball like you do that's something that is always going to be with you that maybe those other guys don't have so if you can find a way to just be efficient enough as a rebounder and defender 
and you can score a little bit with your back to the basket, I mean, the potential is there. But yeah, best, there, there's not really a real answer right now. Uh, most valuable. So this one is interesting because for KU to play with a small ball five, you can make the argument it's Jalen Wilson if you're saying he's a small ball five in this situation or KJ Adams because it unlocks your ability to play a different style of play and, and do something there. And, and that can be very, very valuable. But I think if we're going to go with the most valuable, I almost want to pick Zach Clements. And the reason why is you could convince me Ernest Uday or Zuby Adjifer ends up being the starter or the long-term guy. You could convince me KJ Adams or Jalen Wilson is maybe your best option in playing a small ball five. I feel like no matter what, the one guy I do kind of think is going to be part of the rotation is going to be Zach Clements. Whether that is as the starter and he's playing 20 minutes a game, or if it's as a guy coming off the bench that's playing 8 to 12. He's the one guy. Like, you could convince me, okay, Ernest Duday's behind Zuby Edgefer and Zach Clements comes in over him, or vice versa for Zuby Edgefer, whatever. The one guy that I feel like is going to have some sort of role, just depending on how big it is, is Zach Clements. So maybe I'll just go with him for most valuable because that's the, I don't know, the maybe best guess just in terms of the safest pick, so to speak. Uh, best newcomer for the team. So that gives you with two options, Zuby Edgefer or Ernest Duday. I think that Zuby Edgefer has been a guy that right now wouldn't surprise me if he's better than Ernest Uday. He had some really good numbers against some really good teams along some of the summer circuits going on. Really good shot blocker was averaging like four or five blocks per game in the Nike EYBL events. And um, he's a guy he can shoot the three a little bit. I don't think Kansas will ever like have him shooting threes um, in terms of like being a part of the offense that way. But He's got a big wingspan, like a seven foot two wingspan. He's got a pretty good vertical to him. Stands at like six foot eight, so a little more undersized, which might be why you have a guy like Ernest Today, who's like 6'10, 6'11, 7'4 wingspan, as having maybe the higher potential there for KU. But it wouldn't surprise me if he is the best newcomer right off the bat. I do think long term, though, whether that's over the course of this season or maybe just over the course of their careers, Ernest Today would be the guy that I would go with for the long term. But it really wouldn't surprise me if, if we see Zuby Edgefer be the guy right off the bat. I do think both those guys are going to have nice careers and be really talented for you. But again, you don't know how well that's going to kind of hit the ground running uh, right off the bat here. Biggest surprise of the group. I mean, Cam Martin would certainly be a surprise if, if he had a strong season for you. You come in last year with the expectation of you're this senior transfer. Clearly, you're coming in to try to help the team right away. But he had to red shirt because he was obviously behind David McCormick and Mitch Lightfoot, but he also got beat out by uh, Zach Clements, which at the time, Zach Clements was an incoming freshman. So you would just think he'd be behind Clements. But it sounds like Cam Martin had a really good summer for KU. So maybe he worked back in front of Zach Clements. You just don't know. That would be a bit of a surprise for me if, if you were to do that. Um, outside of that, if I was looking for a surprise, it would just be what if Kansas plays 20 to 30 minutes of small ball five. Like what if that is their primary way of running a lineup? Jalen Wilson and KJ Adams each play 10-ish minutes at the five position or, or something like that. That would be a bit of a surprise to me because I think they'll use it, but I'd be a bit surprised if it was to that level. Uh, widest range of outcomes. This was a fun one for the guard and wing one. I, I, I think I said, obviously, Zach Clements, I feel like is the safest, uh, maybe the highest floor for, for that. He's going to be a part of the rotation. I think the real answer here is, either Ernest Uday or Zuby Edgefer, because you could convince me that either one of those guys, 
ends up being the fourth center behind Clements, Cam Martin, and the other one of the freshmen. And then they basically are only playing mop-up duty. You could also convince me that one of those two, between Edgefer and Uday, is a starter and plays 20-ish minutes a game, right? So that's probably the widest range of outcomes, whereas with Zach Clements, like I said, I think there will still be a role for him, uh, especially since he's more unique. Eight to 12 minutes at the floor, you know, at the ceiling, maybe it is 25 minutes. Uh, Cam Martin, like the, the the floor is, again, you have too many centers in front of you. The ceiling is you're a part of the rotation, but, you know, 10, 15 minutes a game. I think the biggest floor to ceiling has to be either Uday or Edgefer. Okay, we're going to get to a What If Wednesday coming up here. But first, this episode brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting and football and college basketball this upcoming season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every single game. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, college football, college basketball, and golf. You can get Kansas football, to get some points. They're uh, one score underdog against Oklahoma State. You can get that right now. Bet online. You can bet on KU basketball to try to repeat as title winners. They're going at double digit odds for uh, what you're going to get them as. They're still, you know, top 10 in the country in that regard. But you can uh, find a bunch of different ways to bet KU in this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Our What If Wednesday for today features what if. David McCormick came back for another year for KU basketball this year. Obviously, David McCormick went off going pro, and and I forget where he is overseas now, um, but he could have come back for another year. Because of the COVID year, he had another year left of play that if he really wanted to, he could have come back for this team. And that would have answered a lot of questions about this five-man spot, and especially coming off the year he had last season. I mean, first of all, from David McCormick's perspective, if he comes back, Obviously, the, the first thing you wonder about is the health, and I'm sure that's why he wanted to, to go start his professional career. He dealt with some things, the foot injury over his last couple of years at Kansas that, you know, he maybe want to just start cashing checks and, and playing ball and, and whatnot and see what you can do professionally. But also, it's funny because now that with NIL, like you could make a real case with the shot that he made and, and how impactful he was at the end of that game for KU. I mean, first of all, locally, he'd be getting so many NIL deals. But he would probably even be on national NIL deals because he hit the shot of the tournament. He hit the one shiny moment shot. He hit uh, the shot of the college basketball season. So he'd be getting some like national recognition. Like he's, you know, was getting all this stuff with like Wendy's here locally. That would probably be moved out from just like a regional Wendy's thing to maybe even like a national thing when they do all their uh, NCAA tournament commercials uh, with like Reggie Miller and, and whatnot before the uh, tournament starts. So like, he would, I don't know, maybe be even making more, but sometimes it's just time to move on. Um, you end on such a high note, and yes, it would have been nice. He would have finished out with that, and also would have been very interesting because if he comes back, you can make the argument he's the Big 12 preseason player of the year, and if he do goes on and, and has a first-team All-Big 12 season or if he wins Big 12 player of the year, his jersey's definitely getting retired when you add on what he did the season before and some of the totals he put up over kind of the long period of time, which. That would be certainly interesting. So from his perspective, um, 
I'm surprised it wasn't more of a conversation because it never felt like it was really from the get go. It's like, no, Dave's gone. Like he's gone. He's leaving after the year. And, and again, sometimes it's just time to move on from his perspective, from the coaching perspectives. You get it. But now KU would be in such a different position. Um, you wonder how we'd be looking at the Jalen Wilson, David McCormick pairing down low. Like who would be the go-to guy? Who would be the alpha? You certainly wouldn't have these questions of which center is it going to be. It'd more so be about which young center can emerge as Dave's backup to look like they'll be the guy next season. And then David McCormick would give you that offense on that side of the ball that I think if David McCormick were back, I wonder if they would be the Big 12 title favorites over Baylor. Right now, Baylor's like the slight favorite, and depending on what betting odds you look at, they might be around even between the two of them. I wonder if they would with David McCormick, but certainly it would answer a lot of questions for you in terms of having a guy down low that you could get the ball to and score a basket for you. Uh, late in the shot clock or just in general to the center position. You have experience on that end on the other side of the floor, and you wouldn't have these questions about, well, which guy's going to start? How much is this guy going to play? How much is that guy going to play? It would just be a much different thing. But also, if he was back, who knows? What if like some of these young centers, like what if Zach Clements or KJ Adams is like, oh, no, he's back now too, like less opportunity for playing time, I'm transferring out. So like it could have had a negative effect on that too. It's just uh, very interesting to think about on our what if Wednesday, what if David McCormick used that extra season for KU. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Jayhawks. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we're going to be joined by Scott Chasen for the final time. Uh, Scott will join us here with the show, and we're going to do a little KU basketball season preview and maybe rest of season predictions for KU football with Scott. If you have anything you'd like for the show to talk about or want to follow along in the action, you can comment on YouTube. You can reach out at D Johnson Radio on Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe to the show so you're getting all the latest with Locked On Jayhawks. That'll do it for today's episode. Have a good rest of your day. I'll see you on Rock Chalk Sports Talk later today. Bye.